Hi, welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. I'm Jessica Mujis. Welcome to the show. This week, I'm going to be talking about an after-school class that I taught this week. I feel like in order to really understand how we can teach a kids yoga class effectively, it's really important to understand how all of these ideas and concepts that we learn can be applied in a real-life situation. So I'm going to talk you through um, from preparation to teaching the class and then what I learned after the class. And I'm hoping that this will help you in your classes to apply maybe some new ideas or spark some creativity or just feel like you're not alone And if you're teaching in the kids' yoga field, just to know that you're not the only one dealing with uh, different challenges and also, you know, reaping the rewards, which is an amazing feeling when you're teaching children. To note, there is a siren going off outside. Um, For those of you who don't know, I live in New York City, and this is a city of many, many noises, and there is... It's actually an alarm. I think it's a car alarm. It's been going off for like 10 minutes. I have limited time to record because I can really only record when my son is napping and my daughter's at school. So I figured, hey, I'm going to go for it anyway. I'm going to record today because why? Life is messy. Kids yoga is messy. And that's all good. That's part of it. Okay, so To give you a little background on the class I taught this week, um, it was at a private school here in Manhattan, and typically Marissa teaches this class. Marissa is an instructor that works for me at Gem Yoga NYC. She was actually on the podcast, so definitely check out that interview, Uh, a kid's yoga perspective a conversation with Marissa Goulborn uh, in the previous episodes, if you haven't already. But yes, Marissa teaches this after-school class typically, but she had another work commitment, so I was happy to sub the class because I also wanted to kind of see the environment they were in and meet the children and all of that, so kind of worked out really well. So I was coming in as a substitute, so that's definitely a different dynamic when you're coming in as a kind of one-off teacher. Um, The kids are definitely going to be looking at you differently, probably treating you differently, because here's the substitute, who is she? So that kind of lends its own dynamic. Um, The children are all kindergarten age. This is a gifted and talented school, and the class consists of four children, However, only three of the children had been to class so far. One of the children had missed the first three or four classes, so apparently had been missing a bunch of school. So this was her first class. I'm going to be talking about some of the children. I won't be saying their names. I'm just going to be using letters for their names to protect everyone's privacy. So student N was the one that had not been in class yet, and she did attend the class that I taught. And the other students are student A, student H, and student E, as I'll be calling them. 
Okay, so a little more background on the class. There is one yogi in the class, student A, who the first few weeks struggled a bit. She had practiced yoga with her mother at home. It sounds like maybe her mom has a private yoga instructor and that she joins in on the class from what we can gather. So she was expecting that this yoga class would be like the adult yoga she was doing with her mom. So Marissa let me know that the first few weeks she was saying, this is too easy, I don't like this, this isn't yoga, I want to do headstand, Um, she wanted to do really challenging poses, she didn't understand why they were reading a book and why they were coloring mandalas, so she was very resistant. After, I think, the third week, um, she was still having this mindset of, no, this is too easy, this isn't yoga, even though we had communicated with the mom who wrote to us to ask about the class, and Marissa let her know there are eight limbs of yoga, we're going to be covering all of them, we're going to be doing poses, but we're not going to be doing advanced poses. These are kindergartners, we are in an after-school program, and they've never taken yoga before, so we're not going to be jumping into headstands that just would not be safe. And Marissa explained, it's storybook yoga. That's what we call our class. So there's going to be a book in every class that we integrate. They're going to be coloring mandalas because this class is teaching calming techniques, self-regulation, and things like that. However, um, student A was really still not feeling it after we had explained that to her mom, and she called our instructor, Marissa, Missy, and when another student asked, why did you call her Missy, she replied, that's what I call grown-ups that I don't like, or, or something like that. It was, that's what I call grown-ups who say things they don't like, something along those lines. So after that class, Marissa spoke to me. We both felt like, okay, a line has been crossed. It's okay for her to be resistant to the class, but if she's name-calling, it's really affecting the dynamic of the class. It's affecting the other kids' experience. So I decided to call the head of the after-school program. Um, This happens to be a very supportive school, so there was someone I could reach who immediately wrote back, we set up a phone call, and I just explained the situation. Now, why did I do that? First of all, we see this child for an hour and 15 minutes once a week, so we know nothing about her experience the rest of the day. So I wanted to see if they maybe had some insights into this particular child, her circumstances, maybe how her school teacher... Um, was dealing with any challenges that were arising, any ways to communicate her that might be effective. And while the head of the after-school program didn't know this student particularly well, she's a kindergartner, so is new to the school, um, he informed me he was going to speak with her and talk to her teachers and just kind of get an understanding of the situation. He also told me that she had originally signed up for soccer, but there was no room in that class, which I thought was interesting because when we spoke about this child, I I was saying, 
Sounds like she wants to really be moving and running, but maybe soccer would be more appropriate for her. Well, it turns out she had tried to take soccer, but there wasn't room. So it was really about managing her expectations. So the following week, uh, Marissa went in and she told me, wow, it was like a totally different child. She was into the class, she was engaged, and whatever the head of the program had said to her really seemed to sink in, and it was like a whole new experience. So I was super happy to hear that and um, was also excited to then come in and meet this child because I have found that often the children that challenge us the most in our yoga classes are the ones that are there to teach us something. They're the student who the first few weeks of classes, you're kind of at a loss and you're like, how do I reach this child? This is so hard. What am I doing wrong? And then once you use your resources, talking to other adults who know them or trying different teaching techniques, I often find that by the end of the season, I'm thinking, wow, this student is so amazing. They taught me so much. I'm so grateful for her. So I just wanted to give a little background so you can understand kind of what I was stepping into. So what did I do before class? I created a lesson plan. So I decided, um, as I mentioned, this is storybook yoga. So I decided for this class to use the book In My Heart, A Book of Feelings. And this is by Joe Wittick. And it's a wonderful book, really cool illustrations. It's got cutouts of hearts, And the hearts, um, as you turn the pages, they get smaller and smaller. And it explores different feelings. I love how she describes we have big feelings, we have little feelings, we have quick feelings, we have slow feelings. And it's just a really good way for children and adults to grasp all the different ways we can feel. So my lesson plan was centered on that book, In My Heart, which is a book of feelings. I decided for each feeling, we would do a yoga pose. And I decided to bring my Sarah's Silk scarf. It's the large scarf. If you're not familiar, Sarah's Silks, uh, really great products. Um, So I brought this long scarf. I thought, hey, maybe we'll try playing yoga limbo. I'd never really done that before, but I just got the idea. I thought, "Eh, that could work. We'll try it. I also packed some other scarves. I thought, oh, maybe we can use these on our bellies and do some belly breathing and have them lay down and have them watch the scarf rise and fall. So that was my basic plan. And then I went in and my actual experience was different than my plan, which happens 99.9% of the time. Um, when I arrived, I saw the head of the after-school program. He said hello, greeted me, and then I looked over to the cafeteria table where the children were waiting to be picked up by their after-school teacher, and student A was holding a sign that said yoga, and he said, oh, that's student A, and I was like, awesome. So she was kind of taking the lead. She was she had this very earnest face, like, okay. Like, this is where we are. Come over here. So I walked over and I asked the kids if they knew 
Marissa wasn't going to be here this week. They said, oh, they weren't sure. And I said, oh, right. You had vacation last week. You had your winter break. So uh, we weren't able to tell you. But Marissa has another job she has to do this week. So I'm here. My name is Jessica. And I'm excited to meet you. And, you know, you're just talking. And I noticed the fourth child who had not been in the class yet was there. So I said, oh, it's your first class, right? And I said, it's my first class too. And, you know, typically you're going to have a teacher named Marissa, but I'm Jessica. I'm going to teach today. So really was just talking to the kids, making them feel comfortable, doing my typical joke of asking how old they were and then saying I was the same age. And, you know, how old are you? We're six. We're five. I was like, I'm six too. No, you're not. You know, works every time. So we chatted, we grabbed a snack because at this program they have a snack before class, which is awesome because kids are really hungry after school, so that's important. We went to the dance studio, the school has a dance studio, found the mats, set up the mats, had their snack, we did a little check-in, so typically we check in by saying, um, show me with your hand using a thumbs up or your thumb to the side or a thumbs down to show me how you are feeling today. So everyone kind of showed me their thumb and I said, okay, who wants to share? Some of the children chose to share. Some said they didn't want to. And that just kind of got us all comfortable, ready to go. We sat crisscross applesauce. They said, no, crisscross teriyaki sauce. I was like, sure, (laughs) whatever you want to call it. Let's sit nice and tall. And... I decided to say OM at the beginning of class. Now, I don't always do an OM because saying OM can be a little weird for children, even for adults. It's kind of like it could be a little bit strange, like what is this sound and why? But I decided to give it a go, but I made it super silly. So I asked, had they ever heard the sound OM? They said no. I said, okay, this is the sound of yoga. It's really silly. Can you put your hands on your heart? And we're going to make this sound, and I want you to let me know if you feel any vibrations on your heart. So we all tried. We took a deep breath. We said our om, and they kind of got these looks of, oh, wow, yeah. They could feel under their hands their chest was vibrating. And I said, you know, it doesn't have to be om. You could say any word and do the same thing. So who has an idea for a word? And one of them was like, I said, okay, let's try it. So we'd all took deep breaths. I, right? So we held out the sound. They felt the vibrations. I asked for other ideas. One child said the, so we said the. One child then said, let's say the, so we said the. And this was kind of a good way to start the class and feel grounded. Now, side note here, I typically start class with the sound of a singing bowl. However, when I was packing for my class, I could not find my singing bowl. So I said, okay, we're going to try something new. So I kind of came up with a new beginning and luckily it worked. From there, I had them take a few deep breaths and then I decided to go right into sun salutations warm up. We had been sitting for so long, it just seemed like, all right, we got to get up and move before we all just want to stay sitting the whole class. So for the sun salutations, 
I do recommend having some type of rhyme or poem or song that goes along with the movements. This just helps the kids to learn the order of the poses. So the rhyme that we say with gem yoga goes like this. Let's begin in mountain pose. Reach up high and touch your toes. Walk your feet back on the mat. Bellies down, just like that. Upward dog, look at the sky. Downward dog, tails up high. Now walk your feet up to your hands. Reach up high. In mountain pose, we stand. So we went through this. The children had learned it already with Marissa. So I asked if anyone wanted to lead the sun salutations themselves so they can go as fast or as slow as they wanted. I think two children wanted to. The other children did not want to. Great. There's no pressure. And then I added in some music. So I put on a song by Michael Franti called uh, The Sound of Sunshine. And we went through the sun salutations again, this time with no words, just listening to the music. And after we did, I think total, I would say we did five or six sun salutations. We went into some warrior poses. We flowed through. So we did warrior one, arms up high. We did warrior two, arms open. We reached back for reverse warrior. And then I had them try a balance, warrior three, which is a balance on one foot. At this part, I took a rainbow scarf that I had brought. I mentioned earlier, I kind of rolled it up in a ball, put it on the ground and said, here is our focus point. So can you balance and look at this scarf on the ground? Don't move your eyes. Just keep your focus here. This will help you balance. So the children looked at the scarf. They all were like, wow, I'm holding my balance longer. So giving a focus point like that really uh, works well and helps children get confidence in their balancing. So from that point, I took out our book, which was in my heart, and I started reading, and I just told them a little bit about the book. I said, this is about our feelings. Let's see what happens. And there were different emotions in this book. So there's one page that's about feeling happy. We did a star pose. Then there's a page about being brave. We did our warrior one with our arms like showing our muscles, saying we were strong. There was an angry page, so we did our lion's breath. There was a calm page, so we did our child's pose. There was a sad page, so we did a a wide-legged forward bend with our hands together, and we pretended we were kind of sad elephants, so we were letting our, we were holding our hands together and letting our trunk droop side to side. There was a hopeful page, so we did tree pose for that. Then there was also afraid, silly, and shy, and we made up different poses for those. I let them make up their own pose for shy. I said, oh, what does shy feel like to you? For each of these emotions, I would ask, have you ever felt this way? And say for like uh, feeling scared, I said, does anyone, has anyone ever noticed what it feels like? when you're scared and how you breathe differently and they all kind of went (laughs) so they you know we talked about the breath and the breath getting shallow when we're scared 
So this part of class lasted maybe 10, 15 minutes. And something that I was noticing was working well for them was for me to add a challenge in each pose. The reason I did this was I kept in mind student A who had been really hoping for some challenging poses. She had been saying, this is easy. So I thought, all right, I'm going to add challenges. So for example, in star pose, we had our feet wide, our arms wide, we're a star. I said, okay, here's the challenge. Are you ready? Can you shift onto one foot and balance? Can you shift onto your other foot and balance? Or say for, um, let's see, tree pose. I said, okay, you got your tree pose. Are you ready for the challenge? And they'd be like, yeah, we're ready. You know, they're so excited. Can you lift your arms up now? That's easy. Okay. Then I'm going to give you another challenge. Can you go on your tippy toes? This is so tricky. So they were super into this idea of the poses having a challenge in them. So for each pose, it's basically offering a different variation that's a little trickier. I like using the word tricky instead of harder because something being hard is really subjective, right? Everyone's body is different and some poses that might be easy for me are harder for you and some poses that are harder for me are easier for you. So this, this word tricky, can we come up with a tricky version? That worked really well. So from there we went into yoga limbo. So I took out my Sarah's silk. It's a large, long rainbow silk. One child held one side, I held the other, and I put on music and I said, okay, so we're going to play yoga limbo. Has anyone ever played limbo before? And they were familiar. So I said, okay, it's going to start up high. You go underneath the scarf, do a yoga pose, come out the other end and circle around. We're going to keep lowering the scarf down, down, down. So they got so excited and they were doing poses we had learned. They were doing poses that they were making up. And then once the scarf got to the floor, we were kind of shaking the scarf, having them jump over it. And then we were rotating. So whoever was holding the scarf then had a chance to play limbo. And, you know, some kids are like, I want to turn. So I just made sure everyone got a turn holding the scarf. Everyone got a turn going under the scarf. And this game went really well. It was the first time I tried it, but they... um we're really into it. It was a lot of fun. And from there, we went into coloring mandalas. So I had printed out some mandalas I found online. I printed out two kinds. One was a mandala that had a bunch of hearts on it. The other one had a bunch of stars on it. So I let them all choose, hearts or stars. And before they started coloring, we had a quick bathroom break, water break, and put on quiet music dim the lights a bit, and we took time to color. So coloring mandalas is just such a great meditative activity, and it's it brings in focus, it brings in concentration, it helps calm everyone down, it's restorative. It's just a great kids yoga activity to do, especially if you've got a class like this, which is an hour and 15 minutes, that's really long for a kid's class. Typically classes would be 45 minutes to an hour. So having this kind of longer class really leaves time for this mandala coloring, which Marissa had been doing with them every week. So we went into that. And then even though they weren't done with their mandalas, I said, it's time to put all of our supplies away because we want to do Shavasana. 
Shavasana is the final resting pose we do in yoga. And once we were all cleaned up and the lights were off, everyone laid on their mat. And we only had a few minutes left because it was uh, we were running low on time because they got really into the mandalas. And I basically just took the rainbow scarf and I was waving it over each child as they relaxed. So they were imagining that there's this rainbow over them. And I encouraged them to think about what feelings they felt today and put on quiet music. And then since I had, you know, forgotten to bring my singing bowl, well, not really forgot, I couldn't bring my singing bowl because I couldn't find it, I quickly found a chime sound on my phone and played the chime sound, and and that was the end of Shavasana. Wiggled fingers, wiggled toes, crisscross applesauce, crisscross teriyaki sauce, whatever sauce you want to sit in. And we all said our namaste. The light in me sees the light in you. Namaste. From there, got our shoes on, got our coats on, and headed downstairs for pickup. So it was a really fun class. I hadn't taught in a while, so it was really fun for me to get back into it. And it was just a lot of fun to see the different personalities. Um, I loved how they really wanted a challenge and... I loved how they were just so open and creative and super open to relaxation as well as the movements and the harder poses. So if I had to choose five lessons that I took home with me from teaching this class, they would be number one, always go in with an open mind. So I was going into this class with some ideas of who these children were based on what I had heard, based on the challenges I had heard. So I could have gone in and been like, oh, this student A, I'm going to have to really be strict with her because she was giving all this attitude. But instead I went in, took my deep breath and thought, go in with an open mind. We don't know what these children are going through day by day. And it's not fair to go in with preconceived notions of who they are. So I went in with an open mind and I was surprised and awed like I usually am by the amazingness of these children and I did not encounter attitude at all so that was really nice number two have a plan but be prepared to improvise so as I mentioned I did not have my singing bowl with me and they asked they were like oh did you bring chimes to start class because that's what Marissa does. And I said, you know what? I wanted to bring something that made a sound. I couldn't. So let's try our ohm. So I hadn't planned to do an ohm, but I decided, hey, let's try it. It's a sound. Let's see if it works. And it did work. Keep in mind, often you improvise and it doesn't work. That's fine too. You try something and you go, oh, this isn't working. And then just try something else. Number three, follow the children's creativity. So like always, I let them contribute to the class. So they came up with some really fun poses for shy. They all came up with their own things I wouldn't have thought of. They came up with fun variations for yoga limbo. It became kind of its own little game. So go with their creativity always. Number four, double down on what's working. So when I introduced a challenge in the first pose and I realized they were super into it, 
I just went for the challenge in every single pose because I'm like, they love this. And it was helping us hold the poses longer, um, focus on the asana a little bit longer than we normally might have, which I thought was great. I felt like they had energy they had to get out and I just went with it. So hadn't planned to do a challenge in each pose, tried it, it worked. So I doubled down. I just went for challenge one, challenge two, challenge three, you know, just, I went for it and it worked. And then I could tell, you know, once they were kind of fading and the pose section, I could tell was coming to an end, then maybe I, the last pose, we didn't do a challenge and we moved on. But just keep that in mind, double down on what's working. Once it stops working, move on. And finally, include everyone. So these children had a range of personalities. We had student N who was new to the class, hadn't done yoga before. So I made sure she felt included and seen. And when she got poses, I said, wow, I see you're doing that pose and you haven't done yoga before. That's so wonderful. So she, I could see her confidence growing. Um, Student A, I was sure to listen to her. She had lots of ideas and was excited. So I listened to her. We had student H who was like super into the challenges and was like, I want more challenges. So I was listening to him. And then student E was next to me. She was quieter, more reserved, didn't necessarily want to share when we were sharing about our emotions, but I made sure I would see what she was doing, acknowledge what she was doing. When I asked questions, she would raise her hand. So I was calling on her, having her contribute. So notice the different personalities in the room, make sure everyone feels seen. And how do you make everyone feel seen? You really, you look at them and you genuinely care about their experience. And you remember that, oh, even though this one child seems reserved and quiet, it doesn't mean she's not enjoying the class. It might just be the mood she's in today or it might just be her personality. So not taking things like that personally, but just telling yourself, okay, all of these children here are processing this experience differently, and I just want to make sure they all know that I'm here to support them. So yeah, that's kind of how the class went. I left feeling super invigorated, super excited, which is always nice when you kind of go in into the unknown. It's a Frozen 2 reference there, but you go into the unknown, you're not sure, it could be a little nerve-wracking, and then it's always a great feeling when you come out of the class and you go, wow, that was so much fun, I want to do it again. So that's why I figured I'd share it all with you guys here. I hope this was helpful, I hope hearing how a class went down and how the plan worked and how the plan didn't work and how different personalities played into the mix. I hope this was helpful for you to hear. Thank you for listening. Um, Just a reminder, if you are enjoying the podcast, there are a few ways you can support it. You can rate and review the podcast. So those little stars, if you want to put five stars, if you feel called, that's awesome. You can write a review. Both of these things just kind of Uh, help the algorithm so more people are going to find the podcast you can subscribe so click that subscribe button if you haven't already you can also just share the podcast with someone you think might enjoy it I would so appreciate it and you can email me thekidsyogapodcast at gmail.com if you're enjoying it if you have a question for me 
I love to hear from everyone and to hear how you are enjoying the podcast, what you'd like to hear about, any creative ideas. Email me. I'd love to hear from you. And please follow the Kids Yoga Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Thanks for being here. Remember, we have to practice yoga ourselves in order to pass it on to children. So please take care of yourself, be kind to yourself, and have a great week. See you next week. Namaste.